Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Coaching You in the Word podcast. As always, we're glad to have you studying with us, downloading our material from around the world. We're very blessed. Tonight, we're doing uh, uh, the second part of three teaching teachings on miracles from the inner man. I know you will enjoy it. We're going to go into it right away, but uh, before we go there, I want to encourage you. Contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging on Facebook. We want to welcome you to the podcast, and we want to welcome those of you that are listening on Lift Him Higher Radio. So with that, we'll go immediately into the message, Miracles of the Inner Man, Part 2. God bless you. Everyone, 6 p.m. in time for our Sunday evening Bible study. I want to continue tonight, and, and uh, this is going to take me this session and another session to get through this topic. But we're talking about miracles of the inner man, which I preached on for a little bit this morning, and uh, I want to uh, go into it um, because there's some things about his encounter with the demoniac of Gadara that I want to share with you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Bless and minister. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us, and then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. We sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the Christ in us so that the Holy Spirit can speak from Him and manifest His Word to His people. We give you glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, Lord, and God. And amen and amen. So, um, I want to welcome all of those of you that will be listening to this via Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston, FFC, Coaching You in the Word podcast. And of course, welcome all of those of you that will listen to it on uh, Facebook. I want to tell you that you can contact me at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, Family Fellowship Chapels Messaging, or ffcma.org. We'd love to hear from you. So we're talking about part two of the miracles of the inner man. The text came from John chapter 5, verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. John eight thirty eight. I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father, and we're going to dive into that a little bit more in a little bit. John 4, uh, 12, 49, For I have not spoken to myself, but the Father, which sent me, he gave me a command that I should say what I should say and what I should speak. So, I want to welcome Tammy and Jim, Sharon, and, of course, uh, Maggie is down there, and Kit Kat is up here, and I've got the regular crew, and it's so good to see you. Um, so let's dive into the Word of God. So while training the inner man, Jesus has been in position to see something because he has been with the Father, and I read that to you in my text. Therefore... The perspective from which he was speaking came from time spent in the presence of the Father. 
Now, I want you to contrast that, and that contrast comes in John 8, 38, with the second part of that verse, where Jesus identifies the actions of the unrighteous as being the things that they have seen with their father. Now, what we identify coming out of the natural man, then, is natural things. Well, they do things such as question, meaning, and truth. They question concerning what the Bible says and does it mean what it says? Or is it open to general interpretation? Does it allow me to make the Bible say what I want it to say when I want it to say it and read like I want it to read it? Read so that I can then live a life that puts me in the context of being in relation to God, but yet not in the direct connectivity of the relationship of the Word of God with being uh, related to God. They question things that lead to great division and great mistrust. These are the things that have always come from the father of sin. We misinterpret love, for instance. We misinterpret doctrine. We misinterpret the scripture period. So it's easy to recognize that there's a contrast of influences. Hi, Jesse. That there's a contrast of influences that the inner man is tasked with filtering through. Now, Jesus is speaking what is in him. The unrighteous then are speaking what is in them. And then we come to Matthew chapter 15 and verse 11. And Jesus said, It's not what goes into the mouth of a man that makes him unclean and defiled. But what comes out of the mouth that makes a man unclean and defiles him? Naturally. Because what is in him is who he is. And what he is speaking out of what is in him is the description of who and what he really is. So when I hear Christians, for instance, swearing and using foul language, well, I know what's in them. They're deceived because the word of truth is not in them. Because they are bringing out of them the things that are of their father, the devil. Now, Jesus was operating what was in him concerning the standard of righteousness that represents the father. He was sent by the father to express the power and authority that a man could have when he honored who was and what was in the inner man. Now, when we get a grasp on this, it takes our relationship with God from a relationship of Him being far away and up in heaven, us praying upwardly to get Him to operate downwardly, to realizing that He is in our inner man. God is in heaven of that you can be sure. But as certain of that as we are, we must be equally certain that heaven's very best is in us. I described that this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from Colossians chapter 1. The mystery, the hidden mystery of God was released at Calvary. And that is that Christ would be in you. And Paul talked about it in Romans 8 as being the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. He is not far away as some would suppose and many teach. Now watch this. 
If our actions in the natural reflect the actions of what Jesus described as being done by the Father who sent us, or the Father of sin, then our actions, when we are operating in the Spirit, must come from the same dynamic intimacy. So, if we are living in sin, we are outliving the enemy of the devil that is in us. If we are living in the salvation of God, we are outliving the God of the universe whose Son resides in us and of whom He said that we would be in the Father and he would, we would be in Him and He would be in us and we would be one. So our actions are, are the outliving of the inliving. What we do shows what is on the inside of us. Now, as Christian people, we are often lulled into this, this uh, uh, misunderstanding of God being way up yonder somewhere. God being far removed. And we have to go to God. God is in us, my friend. Jesus Christ has declared it. Read John 14. Read John 15. He said, I am the vine, I am the inner, and you are the outer. See? So He is in you. He is not far away from you. Your actions, what you say and what you do, are going to reflect the intimacy that is in you, whether it is the intimacy of the enemy, the devil, who is the destroyer and the deceiver and the destructor of your soul. Or it's going to be the actions of the Almighty God being shown to you through the person of Jesus Christ who dwells in you and the glory of God is dispensed from Him. Now, all of these, whether they come from the vine of the enemy or the vine of the child of God, all of them are... Actions and activity that work out of our spirit man. Now what comes out of a man will either defile him or to bring life to him. Now that makes it very close, buddy. That makes it very personal. That makes it very internal. Because what is going to come out of me is going to show who my daddy be. You see that? What comes out of me in my inner region is going to reflect whether I am worshiping Satan and his economy or whether I am worshiping the God of the universe. He is in me, the hope of glory. Now, when we look at the scriptures, we can clearly see that the scriptures of which I've devised and used to bring this message together we can see the impact of the inner man and the development of the inner man. The nature of that development is also clearly defined with respect to what your actions expose concerning which father you are truly following. Hi Charles, hi Linda. From the first scripture reference we can glean that he, Jesus, is not doing anything of his own on his own, he's doing it because of what he has seen 
from his inner man, what he has heard in his inner man. Now, we see that those who are operating after the fall, however, are working totally from the natural side. That is the side that brings their satisfaction for their personal desires. Now, why is this? Because the inner man has nothing living in him in the fallen man that knows or honors God. So they live from the satisfaction of their own desires, from the commitment to their own wants. There's nothing in them that honors God. They're living from the Father who sent them. Now, for Jesus, His inner man is made alive by the Spirit, and He is communing with God. Now, that same thing is effective and in effect for you and I. What we see is that His natural side was not at work at all. But what was not seen was operating in Jesus. Now, that same fact operates in every believer. The Son can do nothing of Himself, He said, but the Father which sent me, He gave me commandment what I should say and what I should speak. Now, I quickly want to revisit the process that gave Jesus the insight as to how the Father would work. When he intervened in the affairs of man. Now I don't want to dwell on this but just a second. But Jesus got this process from what he saw the Father do. And from all of the names that identified him to, to Israel in the Jehovah nature. We look at how he dealt with Israel with Abraham. In Genesis 22. And Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh my provider. He looked at how... He saw him be a healer to them that obeyed his commands and ordinances. And he was called Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals Rapha, the Lord who heals in Exodus 15. Then Israel needed a victory. And Moses heard from God when his hands were raised and they won, were winning. His, they were in the spirit of God. When they sagged, they lost. So they held his hands before the Lord and Moses honored that victory. He built a banner before God, an altar before God, and declared that God was Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. God went on to identify himself to Israel as Jehovah Rohi. That was that he was their shepherd. Jehovah Shalom, he would be their peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, he would be their righteousness. So when they needed a leader, God would provide. When they needed a way out of Egypt, God would provide. When they needed food in the desert, God would provide. When they needed heat and light in the desert, God would provide. When they needed a barrier placed in the water, God would provide. When they needed the iron to float, God would provide. When they needed a manager, God would provide. When they needed a response to complaining, God would provide. When they were stiff-necked and rebellious, God would answer and provide. They were, there were plenty of lessons to be learned. Now, where was Jesus learning this? He was learning it while he was a member of the Godhead. As they prepared for the fulfillment of the prophecy concerning the coming of Christ, Jesus was watching the Jehovah God in response and interaction with his people. Here's the key. Not one word that proceeded from the mouth of God, not one, was left without being given proper attention by the Son of Man. Look into the book of Proverbs and you'll see that where he was taught 
the seven spirits of God in his inner man. For this reason, John identified the influence that made him who he was. From his description in John 1, we see the inner man of Jesus exposed and shared. Now watch this now. Because John called him eternal, but he was not eternal physically. He died just as we do. He was eternal in his spirit. He was not the creator in his flesh because he said, I can do nothing of myself. But he was the creator in his inner man. He was not personal with God because of his natural side. He was personal with God because of his spiritual side. All of these are John's descriptions from John's chapter 1. He was not life because he lived. He was life because he died and lived again. Why? Because he was resurrected from the dead. He wasn't light because he can light the way for natural man. He was light because it flowed from his inner man. And that light would be the light unto the inner man. Glory to God. He didn't illuminate the Father in his natural being. He showed them the Father from the representation of a spiritual man. All of the works, acts, and deeds of Jesus flowed from his inner man because it was from those actions that a correlation to the Father could be made. So when we look at the personality of Jesus in all of the ten works that John defines him, what we are seeing is the correlation of Jesus Christ to the Father in his inner man. All completed because of how he had seen and heard his Father in responding to Israel and in responding to mankind in general. All of those things were seen by him when he was in the Godhead. Now he's come to the earth and he's representing the Father. When he encountered something once he came into the earth, he encountered it in the physical. But he responded to it in the spiritual. That's precisely what the father did with Israel. They had bitter water. That the natural had no way to fix. So he provided a tree. Of all things that would make the water sweet. One day the bitter spirit of this dying world. Would be ministered to by another tree. Man's disposition and constitution would be transformed. From a spirit of death and defeat. Into a sweet and compassionate nature. What would the constitution change? How did it change? Did it come from what we see? Did our, did our ability to do different just happen? That we just said, well, I'll just not be that way anymore. I'll not be a drunk. I'll not be a chain smoker. I'll not be an alcoholic. I'll not be a drug addict. I'll not be a wife beater. I'll not be a hater. I'll not be someone who is, is, is a racist in nature. No. It came from the transformation of the makeup of the inner man. Now this morning I mentioned that there was his encounter with this demon of Gadara. Now he referred to himself, the demon of Gadara did, as being uh, under the name of Legion. Because his person had many demonic influences. All of these were exposed to what he did and what he acted. How he acted. In him was oppression, depression, anxiety. He identified with demons that flooded his inner self. So many of them that they called themselves legion. That meant at every turn and at every hand. Whatever he did. 
He was inundated by the nature of the Father who sent him. And that Father was evil. It was hatred. It was demonic. It was negative. It was cursed. This man was full of them. In him, of course, was all of these. Now it must be understood that the things that bound him and forced him into the tombs and caused those to attempt to chain him, caused those that put him there in this place, tormented him to the point that he cut himself to think that he could make the flesh hurt worse than he could hurt in his spirit. That outside forces would cause more pain than what was going on on the inside, my friend. That will never work. You will never take anything from the outside and think that it is going to calm the storm that is raging in your inner man. Isn't it amazing that we're teaching on the inner man and the Holy Ghost leads me to the story of the demon of Gadara. Because there we find a man that thought if he can just do something to the physical, he can get peace in the inner man. Now this is going to be a, an absolutely dynamic story. Stay with me here. Now watch. The inner forces were what was causing the torment for the demon of Gadara. The scripture exposes the unnatural strength of these demons as he could not be held by chains that any man placed upon him. These chains represent one fact. The people in the area of the Gadarenes had absolutely zero power to deal with him as he broke their bondages with ease. Well, my friend, that's where we are in the world today. We've got all kinds of trouble. We've got all kinds of inner demons and inner problems, hidden problems. Some of them are going on right in the places where you work, where if it came out, you would be astounded to think that the person you're sitting beside has so many inner issues that he deals with. I used to have a man who was a dear friend of mine, and after years, somebody said, you know, he's a closet alcoholic. I had no idea because he seemed so natural when he was around me. But the problem was he had an inner demon. Now here we are. And the Gadarenes had no power. Well, that Gadarene represents the church, doesn't it? The church has no power. We are trying to create programs, events, seminars, counseling. Never works, does it? Have no power. No power to deal with the problem of the inner man. We think it's a problem of the mind. It's not. It's a problem of the inner man. This people of the Gadarenes would take him into the deepest, darkest death place they could find and they would wrap him up and put him in chains where he would then turn around and cut his body thinking that he could create more external torment than he could ever have in the inside. And it never worked. Huh. Well, there you go. But they had no power. They tried to chain him up. They tried to lock him up. They tried to put him in a rehab center. They tried to put him in with other dead people. They tried to put him around the dark and the dank. Never worked. Isn't that amazing? The programs and procedures that we use today will not and do not work because the demon world that holds people in their captivity is stronger than any of the interventions of man. 
Now, why is that? Because it's in the inner man. It's in the inner man that the real battle for spiritual supremacy is being waged. Jesus told us that in John 8, 38. The demoniac attacks, the demon attacks, the demonic attacks the inner man. And the outer man is left then to respond to the one to whom he surrenders. Now, I want you to get that. Because we've told the story of how Jesus surrendered what he saw and what he heard. We've told the story that said that Jesus only spoke what he heard being said by the Father. That he was sent by the Father to speak and to say what the Father told him to say. And then there was the other, the counterculture. The counterculture was sent to do what? To say and to do what their father, the devil, has told them to do. So whoever a man surrenders to in his inner man is who he is going to reflect. By what he says and what he does and by how he behaves and you will know it because his outer man will respond. Our world is inundated with those who are surrendered to the demonic attacks of the devil. Now don't think the demoniac of Gadara was one time not a normal and regular man because he was intelligent enough to know that he didn't fit in, that he was being tormented. His problem was he thought that if he bothered his flesh and he could rub it and cut it, make it bleed, his flesh would make everything okay. But it doesn't. That is an age-old story that runs right into today. We thought if we could put a, a, a drink in it, inject a drug in it, take a pill for it, we thought if we could get angry and mad and lash out at the world that that would solve our problem. But just like the demoniac of Gadara, that never works. Well, he was driven to a place of darkness and death and there he resided in the tombs. And the Bible said he remained there night and day. He didn't go anywhere else. He didn't try to go anywhere else because he knew he wasn't fit to do anything else. He held his outer man in bondage. They did. And he would rip those chains off. His outer man could not go where and when it, it could have gone, anywhere it wanted to go. But because he knew that he was not fit, it wasn't, wasn't going to be a good response when he got there. He remained day and night in the deep, dark depression, in the dark place. He stayed there. He was willing to stay there. He had freedom, could have had freedom, but he had no inner peace to live. Now watch this, when they saw Jesus, now watch when they saw Jesus get off the ship, the Bible said that they ran to him and they worshipped him. Now, who are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about the demon. The demon forced him to run. Now, you've got to see this. How in the world would they have known this? Well, if the people in the area had no spiritual influence to deliver him from the spiritual forces, then how did this man of Gadara, who was inundated with demons, know when he saw Jesus to run to him? Now this is the heart of it. The demons in him, in his inner man, saw the Father in the Son, in his inner man. Now all of this is happening in the inner man. The man of Gadara was communicating out of his inner man, which was after his father, the devil, and the man coming off the ship was operating out of his inner man, 
which was after his father, the creator God, the great Jehovah. The demons identified who his father was, who Jesus' father was, and called him by name. They said, you are, they called him the son, Jesus was the son of the most high God. The supreme God of the heavens is how they referred to him. Who's doing this? Is it the demon of Gadara coming out of his flesh? Why no, it's the devil, the enemy that has inundated his inner man that is speaking to the inner man that is in Jesus. He said, Jesus, thou son of the most high God. Only the inner man could have identified this. Now look at what they requested. They said, please don't torment us. Now, wait a minute. The demon of Gadara had already identified that he was being tormented. It had already told us that he was cutting himself in the deepest, darkest, dank place that you could possibly be in. That he was there tormenting himself. But the demons speak out and say, don't torment us, don't bother us, don't bring us any pain because we are very comfortable in this man. We don't want you to bother us. We know who you are and we know what your intentions are, but please leave us alone. Where are they? Where are they? They're screaming out of his inner man. They're coming out of his mouth, speaking from what is within. Now, my friend, the greatest lesson you can learn is that there is an inner man in you. Jesus is representing it to the demon of Gadara and the people of the Gadarenes, he's representing the inner man that is in him and has told us that we can have the same inner man to minister out of us. The man, the demon of Gadara is representing the, 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 the enemy, the father of lies, the destructor, the deceptor, the killer. And they are saying to the God on the inside of Jesus, don't bother us. Please leave us alone. The world's issues, my friend, are all in the inner man. The problem is in the inner man. The world's hatred for one another. Well, that's in the inner man. Now look at how the devil has tried to frame all of this. Watch this. He's framed it as a fight of the outer man. He's made us believe that this is a fight of the outer man. I told a friend of mine the other day who happens to be African-American, the difference between me and him is one-sixteenth of an inch. From one-sixteenth of an inch, the depth of the skin, everything else is the same. So the devil did not go in and, and, and give us a fight that has any reality to it because we are the same except for one-sixteenth of an inch. So he framed our fight in the world as a fight of white and black and red and brown. He's framed it as a fight of the outer man. He wants the emphasis placed upon our differences in color. My friend, that's a bald-faced lie. Our issues and what is going on that is a fight in this world is the fight that is in the inner man. It is all in the inner man. The inner man knows that they cannot stand before the Spirit of God when the inner man is absent of God and living under the influence of their father, the devil. They know that. So they have turned demonically 
this fight into a fight of the outer man, into what we can see, into how we can be made to feel. Now, my friends, the reality of this is this is not a fight of what we feel, what we see. It's not a fight of our environment. It's not a fight of where we live in among the city limits. It's not a fight of money. It is a fight that is raging in our inner man. In our inner man. That's where the fight is going on, friends. That's where the devil is working his work because that's what's coming out of us. It is not a fight of the physical. It is not a fight of skin tone. It is a fight in the inner man. Now, those who are teaching that narrative are being led by their father, the devil. Now, there's a problem that must be dealt with. It's not that simplistic. It's not that easy. Just to say because I'm white, red, yellow, or black that I am against this, that, or the other. Well, it's not that simplistic. Why? Because natural law, if we go that route, natural law will deteriorate into even more inequalities that will take more lives to fix. When in reality, friends, all we have to do is get our inner man corrected. Get our inner man living for God. Get our inner man doing the things that God has discerned and decided in His divine plan that we should do. If we go the route of the enemy, there'll be more deterioration than we can grasp. Be more deterioration than we can fix. Be more lives lost, which is exactly what the devil wants. There will be more issues and more problems when all of it can be fixed by the inner man. Man does not have the intellect to fix it. Man operates out of his lust and pride. Money will not fix it. If it could, it would have already done so. Political power will not fix it. If it could, we've had both parties represented in the White House and this still persists. Those things cannot and will not fix it. Only thing will fix it is the new birth in the inner man that will cause the soundness of mind that we're later going to see in the demon of, of, of Gadara. We need to fix the legion. We need to fix the demonic. We need to have the power and presence of God operating and acting out of our inner man. We need to realize that Jesus is as close as my next breath because my next breath is coming from an inner man. He is not a God stuck in heaven. He is a God that is in me. Jesus Christ is in me and he is the hope of glory. The hidden mystery in God was that there would be the release of Christ to live in me because he was crucified. Yes, my friend, we're not living in a battle that can be put so simplistically upon racism. We're living a battle that is in our inner man and in our inner spirit. And here's the last thing I want to tell you tonight. The devil knows exactly those who possess the knowledge of Christ in them. The devil knows and will bow his knee to them. But the world and the church, the global church, 
is doing their best to be tolerant and acceptable, thinking that that is the means, that's the intellectual means to solve our problems, and it will never be, because the only means to solve the issues of our world is if and only if we get the inner man alive on the inside of us and understand that Jesus Christ is living in us and that the power of God is demonstrable through us. Now that makes me love. That makes me give. That makes me care. That makes me look at my brother, whether he's red or yellow, black or white, and not, not need to see whether he's red or yellow, black or white, but to love that individual in the love of God. And to allow the wisdom and the understanding and the counsel and the might and the knowledge and the fear of hatred of evil and the good judgment in the Holy Spirit that is developing in our inner man to live out of us so that we can tell and show the world that Jesus Christ has transformed us. Not just saved us, but transformed us into the knowledge of the truth and we can operate out of the inner man. Father, I thank you for the word of God today. I pray that you will minister and that you will bless, that you will move into your people, that our eyes may be open and we may begin to look inwardly into the Christ in us. We may begin to seek inwardly for wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and the good judgment that comes as the seven spirits of God that are around the throne, whose eyes go to and fro throughout the world, as they develop our inner man so that we can actually do the things that Jesus said we would be able to do. Minister to your people and keep us, bring us back at the appointed time. We love you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Thanks to all the... Well, thank you again for studying along with us. I pray that this is a blessing to you. Miracles out of the inner man. We'll come back to you with part three shortly. May God richly bless you as you study his word until we speak again.